Good morning. We welcome you to this assembly where we fulfill our intention to praise God, remember Christ, give of our means in support of this work, pray and hear God's word. I'm starting today with James 4 verses 1 through 10, beginning with some background. James identifies his reading audience in chapter 1 as Christians who were undergoing various trials and temptations. He speaks of prayer, resisting temptation, and hearing and doing the Word of God. In chapter 2, a warning about favoritism and a reminder that faith without works is dead. In chapter 3, watch your tongue, avoid selfish ambition. And then we arrive in James chapter 4. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us? But he gives more grace. Therefore it says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. You double-minded, be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. I want to talk to you this morning about temptation. And I will lead us back to this promise that we've read in the Word of God in James chapter 4. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I believe everybody has some idea what the word temptation means. The word is used in a variety of contexts in modern time. There was a television show called Temptation Island, which was an ungodly portrayal of our pleasure-centered culture. There is a popular cologne called Temptation. Movies, singing groups, eating establishments, books, resorts, and nightclubs, temptation. J. 
Just based on the common use of the term, you might conclude that people know all about temptation, but that might not be the case. So to begin this sermon, I want to share with you three quick points about temptation from the Bible for the sake of clarity. Then we'll offer a defensive strategy from the same book we have open here, God's Word. What is temptation? What do we need to know about temptation? Temptation is common. Temptation is common. Just based on experience, each one of us would agree. Each one of us realize we've been tempted to think, to say, or do things not in harmony with God's will. We have all felt the pressure. We've had the thoughts. Hopefully, we have immediately suppressed those thoughts and we've resisted the temptation. We would, every one of us, freely admit we've been tempted and we are tempted. We expect it in the future. Should proof be required of the commonality of temptation, I would take you to two places. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. And I'll read the rest of that verse later. At this point, the verse tells us temptation is common to man. Add to that 1 Peter 5 and verse 9. Being tempted by the devil is experienced by your brotherhood, your brethren throughout the world. So, wherever people are, whoever they are, from the time you begin to discern between right and wrong until you die, you're tempted. You're tempted to do things that are wrong. Entertain thoughts that you know you shouldn't have and say things you want to take back immediately. The devil is not limited to tempting one person at a time, nor is there any geographic limits on his work. He prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. 1 Peter 5 and verse 8. Therefore, never think that you're the only one. Never imagine that there are Christians somewhere in some sort of isolated vacuum who are never tempted. The roaring lion of 1 Peter 5, 8 isn't on a diet. We are on his menu. Temptation is common. There are times when you might say, why is the devil working against me so hard? Why me? He's after every one of us. And it may be the stronger you are, the more tempted you are as the object of all of his efforts. He may target you specifically with something that you are weak about. That takes me to the next point. Temptation is personal. In the devil's prowling, as he seeks his prey, he can craft a tailor-made, individualized temptation. 
against me as an individual, against you. And those temptations may not look the same. If you have some weakness, the devil can target you with a temptation that is designed to draw you away from God with respect to that weakness. James 1.14 says, Each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. That's very individually written. What is your fantasy? Where does desire take your mind? Each person has weakness. Have you been honest in trying to discover that? Each person has weakness and the devil's weapons can be adjusted from person to person. And by the way, we're not just talking this morning about lewdness and drunkenness or crime. Temptation covers the whole spectrum of what is against God's law. Thoughts, attitudes, ambitions, indifference, lack of growth, crippled commitment, and absence of reverence for God. Don't think of little sins and big sins and minor temptations and major temptations. The aim in our hearts is to be against all sin to the same extent that our Father is against all sin. And to know that the devil's craft that is common to man targets individual people. We can say no. More about that in a few minutes. Then I want us to understand that temptation is specific. One of the mistakes we may make in thinking about temptation is to think of temptation generically as just a concept out there globally universally but without taking into account that while there is temptation in the world it always is specific it is not like the devil is saying hey folks just do something wrong Move away from God. Stop going to church. Put your life back into sin. Jump back into the world. No, it comes down to specific attitudes and actions that target the weakness of the intended victim. Achan, for example, in Joshua chapter 7, who was under Joshua's command, and after the battle took some of the valuables from the spoils of battle, against direct orders. It says in Joshua 7 verses 20 and 21, when Achan made his confession, he said, I have sinned against the Lord. This is what I did. And then he describes exactly what he did. He said, I saw this thing and it looked good to me and it wasn't mine, but I took it. He identified the theft that he was guilty of. Achan was guilty and brought trouble to the nation by not resisting a specific temptation. Achan didn't say, well, I just hadn't been as diligent as I ought to be. He identified specifically how the temptation took him down. In 1 Corinthians 6, 18, 
a specific temptation is warned against that many are falling victim to today. It says flee from sexual immorality. The devil may use this specific sin on one person but not another. The devil's craft is varied and versatile from person to person, but it's always specific. It's about something you do that departs from God. So temptation is our common experience. It is personal, individually crafted. It targets individual weakness specifically. When I was in junior high and high school, I spent a lot of time fishing with my buddies in Arkansas. There were lakes and streams and rivers. And by the way, this week and the last week, many of those lakes and streams and rivers are well over their banks around Fort Smith, Arkansas, my hometown. But I fished all those places when I was a boy. And one of the early things I learned from my father as he taught me how to fish was strategy in bait selection. Now, he didn't call it that, but sounds pretty good that way, doesn't it? Strategy in bait selection. You had to learn what bait worked with what you wanted. Salt pork worked great for crawfish. Grasshoppers for bass. Catfish would be looking for stink bait at the bottom of the spillway. If you used worms, you had to use the right kind and you had to load them on the hook exactly the right way. I've just made several little girls sick, I think. But I'm illustrating that the devil chooses his bait according to the person he intends to take down. He is versatile. He is observant. The devil knows exactly the bait to use for me. And it may not be the same bait he will use for you. But we can resist the devil. I can resist him and you can and we're going to go now to that point. We're not going home quite yet. We've got to talk about defensive strategy. If I don't want to be led into sin, if I don't want to put my mouth around that hook, what measures can I take to resist temptation? Pray against it. One of the first things Jesus said about prayer was, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. There is no implication in that statement that God leads us into temptation or that He wants us to transgress His will. No. That is denied, that idea, by everything we know about God and everything we know about sin long before we arrive at Matthew 6.13. And that idea is specifically denied in James 1.13 where it is affirmed that God does not lead us into sin. Jesus is telling us to ask God for help and strength 
to lead us away from what would take us down, to lead us toward what is upbuilding and what makes us strong. We ought to have that good desire and express it to the Lord. It is prayer that reflects our sense of alarm about temptation with the petition to God for his help. We are saying, Lord, help us avoid those situations that would take us down. Strengthen us to resist. Stand against it. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. James 4, 7, we read and Dennis read. You have to be on alert and with firm opposition to sin in your mind all the time. You can't let your guard down. Paul said in Ephesians 6, Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. You have to take your stand. Be alert with firm opposition to sin already in place inside you. Any sin against God. May I say to us, it is morally foolish to walk into situations where we know temptation is in the air. And we know we are vulnerable. I want that to sink in and I'm going to help. It is morally foolish to walk into situations where we know temptation is in the air and we are vulnerable. Alcoholics are told not to go into nightclubs and bars, not to go to drinking parties. Those with weakness in the area of sex are warned about certain movies, pornography, Things you can easily pull up on your phone. And places where temptation is flaming all around. These are just two examples. When you know you are weak and vulnerable and there is some specific temptation that might hit you and take you down, don't go there. Take your stand. Pray against it. Stand against it. And read and study against it. Have you ever heard this? Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become loaves of bread. But he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, 
The devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you'll fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan. It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him. And behold, angels came and were ministering to him. There's a good commentary on this over in the book of Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15. It says of Jesus, in every respect he was tempted like we are, yet without sin. Now don't miss this. Part of his stand against the devil was he knew Scripture, believed Scripture, quoted Scripture. See, when you engage in daily Bible reading, when you come to the Bible classes that we have here, when you listen to sermons, you're building a defense against future temptation to the extent that you absorb and believe and prepare to use Scripture. Read against it. Study against it. You know it will come. Temptation is common to man. It is specific. It can be tailor-made to your weakness. Get ready for it with prayer and Bible knowledge that you intend to put into practice. Resolve in advance. I want to strongly suggest that when you think of temptation, you think of another word. Preparation. When you think of temptation, think also of preparation. You have to resolve in advance that you will not sin. Don't wait for the moment to come. Make up your mind long before the temptation hits you. Resolve in advance. In the book of Job, in chapter 31, in verse 1, I have made a covenant with my eyes. How then could I gaze at a virgin? Knowing what your weaknesses are, build boundaries around your experience. There are places you shouldn't go. There are people you shouldn't hang with. There are videos you should never pull up on your phone or computer. Build those boundaries, but while building those boundaries, don't just trust the boundary. Use the Word of God to do the work up here. To make changes. To develop discipline. To nurture and advance holiness and reverence toward God. And by the way, I'll have more to say about boundaries in a sermon later this summer. I think of Joseph, who was begged by his boss's wife to commit adultery. 
In Genesis 39 and verse 9, his words were quick and firm. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? He didn't say, not now, but maybe sometime. He didn't say, can I meet you at another place later? He didn't say, I'll think about it. He didn't say, I'm flattered, thank you very much. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Someone said this. I wrote it down a long time ago and thought it was right. Joseph's success in his hour of temptation came not because he stood there deliberating while Potiphar's wife was tugging on his clothes. He knew it was wrong. The decision was made before the event. He left. The moment we give temptation more thought than an immediate rejection is the moment we open the door to failure. Don't even think about it. Don't even go there in your mind. Don't try to just say, we'll maybe get together some other time. Give it no thought more than to reject it. A soldier cannot wait till the battle to equip himself. A builder cannot wait till the start day to form a plan and purchase materials. A preacher cannot wait till Sunday morning to prepare a sermon. A Christian cannot wait till the moment of temptation to gather up strength and self-control. Resist the devil is something you do consistently, daily. You pray about your strength. You read and study the Bible for your defense. You cannot casually, quickly become strong against temptation. You just can't be out there. And you're tempted and you say, well, the Bible says something about this. Maybe I need to go get my concordance. I'll call the preacher. No. You've got to be ready long before the temptation hits. Resolve in advance. Internalize commitments to purity day by day. Set up those boundaries while doing that discipline work inside. To support this resolve, remember the simple things like what we read in James 4. Do not love the world. That's God's word. It comes straight from a loving Heavenly Father to you and to me. It demands our urgent attention. I believe today one of the great challenges is not persecution from the world, but seduction by the world. Resolve that you will not take the bait. You remember this from earlier? No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, He will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure. That Read that as a promise. Consider also the words of David, I will ponder the way that is blameless, he said. He said, I will ponder the way that is blameless. I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. 
I hate the work of those who fall away. I will walk in the integrity of my heart. It shall not cling to me. When he speaks of sin, that's all in Psalms 101. Do you ponder the way that is blameless? Have you really made the firm personal choice to walk with a heart of integrity? Do you ever keep before you daily the teaching, the example, the sacrifice and love of Christ? I cannot, you cannot drift away from alertness and resolve against the reality of temptation. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Temptation. Are you ready for it? It's going to hit. When you think of temptation, think also of preparation. I hope I've helped us prepare today. Let's be standing while we sing.